When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of Ebony and Irony without Monet Exchange. <laughs> she has had vocal issues, and as our guest today can tell you, you just got to sometimes sit down and shut up. We are here with the superbly talented Ada Vox, who is going to tell us, well, Ada, I want to know all about your career because we've actually never met. And honey, this girl, when we were when we were doing the um, the little testing, testing one, two, three to record this, she said, hi, this is Ada Vox. So I said, oh, I said, I said, Pepper is my phone sex voice. So Pepper is going to come out and I'll just speak extra feminine so that uh, Ada doesn't make me seem like the old man that I am. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, Ada Vox. Hello, hello, Bun Bun. It's so good to be here with you. Uh, that voice is kind of this tuna. <laughs> Tina Tuna. Uh, I mean, did the, you, when you sing, you sound like a woman. It, obviously, was this something that, you know, because Jackie Beat said that she was criticized for sounding like a woman when she was younger. And she felt guilty about it until she became a drag queen. And then it kind of clicked. How, how did you become aware that you had this phenomenal gift? Well, you know, I was always criticized for the same thing, um, at, both in my speaking voice and my singing voice. Only later on in life, uh, when I was on Idol in twenty eight, in yeah, twenty sixteen, the more recent time, I found out that I actually have a vocal cord condition um, called infantile epiglottis, which means that my vocal cords are infantile. So they're small, they're very stretchy and they're very, very youthful and almost underdeveloped in size. So that my, sounds like, that sounds like my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe back in 1932. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, but so I, I found out that this is actually very natural and it's I was born this way I was actually born different and when I learned to embrace that was 
when I actually ended up creating Ada Vox. Of course, I'd been a singer for many years before that, but when I created Ada Vox, it felt like I was putting the pieces together as to making myself come all in one big package. Okay. So how did we get from your voice to masturbation? Because you're talking about making yourself come. This is not that kind of podcast. We don't have paid subscribers for you to get freaky on here. I thought you were coming all mainstream diva from American Idol. And no, no, so you mentioned, you mentioned Idol. Well, before we get there, uh, I, mean, I just want to say that you tell me about your history with American Idol. Because you, first you uh, auditioned. Um, and got on there as a boy, right? Yes, correct. And I think you sang House of Rising Sun. That, well, the, when I auditioned as a boy, I actually sang I'd Rather Go Blind by Etta James. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then you did you get on to the show or was it not until Ada um, auditioned? Was, what, did that, what, what was, did the drag work better? I mean, I guess it did because you so, were on there so many times. Here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to American Idol, people don't realize how many times you have to, how many rounds there are before you even get to see TV a lot of times. Those of us that are in the industry know that there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. But from the outside, everyone says, hey, if you want to be on this show, why don't you just audition and show the judges what's up? Uh, people don't realize that's not how it works. So the first time I was on the show uh, was actually, I believe, my fourth time auditioning. Um, when I actually was on television, that time I was in front of Mariah Carey, Keith Urban, Randy Jackson, and Nicki Minaj. And okay. um, I ended up making it through to the top 50 before completely losing my voice. Um, oh, no. it, it was one of those things that happened and it almost felt like it was meant to be that way. Like it, it was meant to say, hey, you can come this far. You've had this experience. Now take that and turn it into something else. But this is not your time. Uh-huh. So that was that kind of moment for me. And the time I made it on as Ada, it was... And it was an interesting choice for me because drag was never anything that I envisioned myself doing. Um, I never wanted to be this professional cross-dresser. But um, when I discovered that all of the criticisms I had gotten with people saying, you don't look the way you sound, Um, it's just never going to be marketable, it's not going to work, I said, wait, well... I was then shortly invited, I was then shortly after invited to participate in my very first Pride event where I saw my very first drag queens in person. And after I saw that, I said, what are all these lip sync and fat bitches doing? Where, where was this? Where was this? <laughs> it was actually in my hometown after I was on Idol the first time. I was invited to headline uh, as a local entertainer from the, for the Pride. Okay. Mm-hmm. But is, 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 are we talking about San Antonio, Texas? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm born and raised. And that was the first Pride I was ever invited to do after I was on Idol the very first time in 2012, which is 10 years ago now. My goodness. Um, And that's when I saw drag queens for the very first time. I had a very late introduction to the community. I I was fairly sheltered growing up, um, simply out of the best interest of, you know, safety and focusing on school and becoming successful as as most parents want for their children. Um. Did, are you from a church background? Because you, you got that voice. <laughs> well, I, it's funny. I actually did start singing in a church choir when I was very young. But it was not a church choir that allows you to actually sing. In fact, I was shunned for singing the way that I sang um, and eventually kicked out of the choir because my singing distracted the uh, parish because it made them clap or pay attention to me while I was singing. And according to the priest, that was distracting. 
What age was this, honey? Uh, gosh, I must have been, I had to have been younger than 10. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. And so when you saw these drag queens, you know, you, you hadn't, so did, did Ada, you hadn't really seen drag queens, but, but so is there a scene that you came up in or was it just straight to national TV? <laughs> <laughs> so I did get started in the San Antonio scene. When I turned 21, I actually started drag. So now going on uh, my eighth year doing drag, I started in San Antonio. I was... 21 years old uh, that time I was on Idol about three years later. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I started there doing drag in the local bars, doing talent nights, you know, as we all try to come up and make a little name for ourselves. Even though I had been a musician and professional singer that was well-known and respected in the area beforehand, that didn't matter in the drag world. They didn't care. <laughs> they said, right. okay, they said, you're nobody to us, <laughs> even though right. I was like, even though I was on Idol before and everything. Um, so I had to start with the free gigs and trying to win $40 at talent nights. Um, and then I ended up doing pageantry because as a very competitive person, um, I was just like, hey, this will be a great way to polish up my skills and to be seen by more people. So I then became Miss Corpus Christi US of A at large and Miss Corpus Christi Sweetheart. And shortly after, I was on Idol. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, because it's like I, I, I was... I've only seen, you know, we've never bumped into each other. We've never worked together yet. And I was, uh, you know, just looking over some of your videos and a lot of them from American Idol were very big, big production numbers. I mean, with with uh, singing with people like Patti LaBelle and <laughs> Leah Michelle. I mean, it's not exactly, uh, you know, small potatoes. And, it's, and so, and then, you know, uh, it's, it's, what I was trying to think is that I'm seeing Ada at these huge televised nationally events. So what I'm I'm trying to it's what I'm trying to imagine is like what how you got from there to there. But I mean, you just you just told me, but it's almost like there's something about you that's unattainable because it's it's um of course you're booked around you know and everything, but but it's a, you, we have this vision of you like mainly on TV. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's it's interesting because. I immediately felt this weird dissociation uh, dissociation from when I immediate when I was on TV to before when I had been working in the industry as a vocalist for since I was professionally working as a vocalist in San Antonio since I was about 12 years old 12 13 years old um and immediately when I was on TV it's like everyone's attitude changed towards me and I and people started seeing me as this higher entity or whatever it may be and I didn't understand why and um, to this day, I still feel that kind of disconnect from the people that even I had already been working with or had known previously. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's intimidation maybe on their end because they're like, oh, you think you're somebody now? And I'm like, no, I, <laughs> I'm, I ain't nobody. I'm, I can still come home and sing karaoke at all the little local venues. Um, I've never oh, seen maybe. myself. Maybe they're jealous, Ada. I can Maybe hope they're... so. They should be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, you mentioned doing the pageant stuff, and you performed at a pageant recently, correct? Miss Continental? Yes, Miss Continental Fact. Yes, Miss Continental Plus. We're big girls. We can make jokes like that, okay? <laughs> Don't come for us. Yeah. That was good. It was good. I really enjoy pageantry and competition. This was my first time stepping back into uh pageantry since having been on television. So um it was interesting knowing that there were really crazy expectations for for me to go in and that everyone would be you know doing a pageant everyone's already looking at you under a magnifying glass but when you come back to a pageant after being on television especially two times on big international platforms um people have ridiculously high expectations and for me i went in saying all i want to do is sing that's that's all I ever want to do is have my voice heard. It makes me so happy to sing and to have other people feel the joy that I feel when I'm singing. Um, so for me, pageantry was a way to express that on a stage where people are looking at um, new up and coming talents and looking for new people to that will potentially be legends in the community one day and to establish themselves in the long term, which I think pageantry is really good for. Well, I don't know if you know her by name, but Dina Jacobs oh, yes. uh, is a friend of mine. Um, she's a trans performer who does drag. She's been performing since 1969, originally from Hawaii, but I knew her in Atlanta. She left, now lives in Houston. And I, I, was she competing also, or just she was there at Continental Plus? She competed for Continental Elite. Oh, okay, the uh -huh. old. Continental old, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I think I could qualify for old and fat. Um, the, the, uh, she said when watching you at this recent uh, Continental Plus pageant, it was just like two months ago, right? September. It was over Labor Day weekend. Yeah. She said, Bunny, and she sings live. She said, Bunny, I have seen so many queens sing live. She's been in this pageant world since the 80s, maybe 70s. She said, I completely lost it when I heard Ada sing. It was completely effortless. I was in tears. And, you know, Dina <laughs> Jacobs, I don't know if you're listening, but you have been tears and in tears at a lot of pageants because you don't tend to win them. But, <laughs> but um, so... It is, I've never been to a pageant because Wigstock was always on Labor Day weekend when Miss Continental was. And I'm fascinated, but I, I will sit and watch the old videos, um, you know, of the old queens from there. They're, they're posted in their entirety on YouTube. There's one guy named Kalani, K-A-L-A-N-I. Yes, Kalani Productions. Mm -hmm. Posting all of them. And it's really a goldmine. It's, it's, it's LGBT history. I mean, I, I, I just love, love, love to um, see it. But I never connected with the pageant world because I'm not pretty. Uh, no, I never, <laughs> or, or, or polished. Um, I never connected with the pageant world because, I mean, in, in a, yes, you're right. It can give you exposure to people who are looking for the next, you know, generation of divas. Uh, it can also, um, you know, help, you know, with your polish. But at the same time, if you win, you have to go around 
and you know, like, and 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 do promo gigs, you know, once a week as the reigning Miss whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't pay as much as your regular gigs because I know a queen that was in that situation. You have to buy all these new costumes and jewelry and stuff. So it's almost like an expensive hobby to to compete. And yeah, that's one thing that me and a lot of my other friends who used to do pageantry before we were on television and whatnot have to take into consideration. Um, It's a very big thing to say, okay, we will love to reign as this national title, but we have to turn down our gigs that pay us 300% more so that we can go and work as a title holder. Um, Which is why I have to really weigh the pros and cons as to what this really does for me. And for me, on a personal level, it was more than anything about fulfillment and not losing the connectivity to my community. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I... I never understood the pageant thing. Like I entered one pageant as a joke because it was like a, a hustler bar in Atlanta and I ah. won. Um, but uh, I mean, I won with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth and acting like a fool, of course. But um, <laughs> I mean, it just, it just wasn't something that I pursued. But then years later, I went to St. Louis, which is kind of, you know, those those cities in the middle of the country, those are pageant cities. Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, a guy explained it to me that if you can, you know, if, you're, if, every, if, if most drag queens in the country are working, you know, for you know, not super high wages, you know, it helps them to have, um, ladies and gentlemen, introducing the current reigning, you know, Miss Continental, because that connotes, that connotates excellence. Yes. Mm-hmm. That connotates polish, that connotates a, a acceptance by, you know, peers, and, you know, it just makes, maybe it makes your booking fee go up a, a, a little, but there's, there's, there's perks to it. Yeah, there, Which I, I didn't really understand fully. Yeah, it gets, it's weird because I think that like, you've had you've been successful for so long. So oh, you, I can't you, read me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you you you've had quite a booking fee for a while. I'll say that. So <laughs> so you you know what it's like to have to take into consideration: is this worth my time? Would this two hundred and fifty dollar booking be worth just saying that I have a title? What mm-hmm. what does it do for you? Um, and if it's if you're not someone that says I want to be this beautiful pillar of excellence in the community that people will look up to for decades to come, um, if that's not your 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 jish, then um, there's no point in pursuing it. You know, because some people just want to entertain to entertain because it makes them happy and it's their passion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and as you say, they may enjoy the competition. Yes. Yeah. That I mean, I guess that part would would scare me. But let let me ask you this: Did you have any interactions with Ruben Stutter? Because along with Jennifer Hudson, I think he's one of the best vocalists from uh, the show. I absolutely. I mean, like I have his albums and everything. Oh, well, that's precious. No, I have. <laughs> I have never um, actually had any interaction with Ruben, believe it or not. Um, I haven't had a lot of interaction with many of the winners, but I do have a lot of uh, connection with people who have been on the shows as finalists and whatnot. But, you know, the winners are in their own little circles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're you're performing on, on the show with these magnificent sets and backup. I mean, and this is a big, <laughs> these are these are big sets. I mean, if, if that were me, I mean, I would kind of feel like it was a come down to 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 head over to ye old K-pop. I mean, you know, we like to work, but I was up, I'm like, oh boy. I mean, like, I, I mean, these productions are you know magnificent. She's got a staff in one number and she's banging it on the ground, and then the lights change. And I'm like, 
I mean, you ain't going to get this production value, you know, at the local uh, gay bar. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's, an, it's, an, it's an adjustment. It's definitely an adjustment to go from million dollar production to Amazon microphones. And, <laughs> and, and it's fine. You know, we do it because I, I do it because I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, th- this is one thing I always like to ask singers. Uh, is it tough for you? Because um, I mean, I'm a qu- song stylist rather than a singer. Is it tough for you to get these venues to have monitors on stage, which everyone <laughs> who is singing live needs? I mean, you probably don't even need a very crisp mic because your voice could just blow them out of the water. But I mean, it's like, why don't these venues understand after all this time that yes, you're if you're singing, you need a monitor on stage or two so that you hear the the what the audience hearing and you can sing in the right key because honey i'll do a medley and if the crowd's applauding at the end of the medley i don't know what key the next song is in because i can't hear it so <laughs> if, unless there's a, a medley i mean unless unless there's a monitor on stage but even for lip sync if that music is pumping in your face mm-hmm. you feel like you are singing it and you are that you know performer is that a, a struggle for you because a lot of people just don't understand it and i'm like if drag is so fucking huge then realize that we do different things you know and some of us sing and some of us need that it's like the, it's not a fancy diva request it is a, a basic request for anyone singing live it's a necessity um so i like i like i said earlier i've been singing professionally now for almost 20 years um, so I've sung in every single type of venue you can imagine before I ever was on TV. Um, so not that I was used to it, but I knew and learned how to work around it. And one of the tricks that I've learned in uh, performing in these little gay bars, which may not have great sound systems, um, is I stick to songs that everybody will know and sing along to that way if for any reason i lose my hearing feel like i'm slipping um in key or anything like that i turn the mic out to the audience and say sing it (laughs) and for for, for the most part uh, a handful of them will be singing well enough in key for me to catch myself back in place so you know that's that's a good trick (laughs) yeah and then you know other times we perform at places like the catalina jazz club which i know you've done before and it's just absolutely Absolutely fantastic. The sound they, set up and everything is world class. <laughs> they do have great sound there. Sometimes I'll even sing a song straight there as opposed to like a comedy thing because mm-hmm. it's like you, you can't even believe you're you're hearing your own voice. Your voice is very high. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's, is it, are you singing? I don't know much about technical singing terms. Is this, is, is all of your voice in falsetto? Is some of it head voice and, and is that related to the 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 infantile uh whatever you said the the the, 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 the unique you know thing that's going on with your vocal cords my deformation yes uh, <laughs> well i didn't want to say it but well uh so my voice is predominantly in a mixed register which is the blending of the chest and the head voice um even my speaking voice kind of sits in that mixed register position and it is uh, due to my infantile epiglottis deformation it's uh both a blessing and a curse i guess you'd say um a blessing in the way that it allows me to do things that uh, most people just technically cannot do i am an actual 
physical freak when it comes to my, my throat and my vocal cords and all of that. So I, I can do things that normal people can't do. Um, but it's a curse because I can't talk, take any serious calls on the phone without them telling me I'm impersonating someone. So. Oh yeah, well, honey, I've been there. Even when I have the worst cold, I'm like, nothing. Like, okay, ma'am. I'm like, what? What kind of ma'am do you think I am? I sound like yeah. yeah. I can't. I can't call the bank without them telling me. No, we need to talk to Adam. And I'm like, oh yes, this is me. Thank you. Um, I I just can't turn off my sex operator voice, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Well, honey, you have got a new sizzling dance record out called "Let Your Let My Love Shine." I want you to tell us about that. When did it come out? It came out on National Coming Out Day, October the eleventh. very largely about just um, uh, overcoming everything that you've been through as a person in general. And that doesn't even have to be as an LGBT person. There's no specificity in there. Um, Like, for example, the first verse, looking back on tears and lies and smiling, though my heart was broken, is really just about knowing where you are in life now and knowing that you're in a better place than you were before. And um, the chorus hits saying, I'm going to let my love shine through in every little thing that I do. Um, and honestly, that falls into place with there just not being anything else to do. Why is there, there shouldn't be any other way to live your life other than to just live and lead through love in everything that you do and to maintain happiness, um, just knowing that you're moving forward at all times. Oh, but that message doesn't resonate to someone who's hateful, who is moving backwards, like myself. Well, that song well, is... Will you do a song for me and my kind, 
now that you've reached them. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm You're actually, next. I, I, want, I want to read a few YouTube comments because uh, this, th these are great comments on here. This song has it all. Your vocal range is phenomenal. Congratulations. Another amazing. Your voice sounds gorgeous. And that beat, baby. Yes. Please give us more house music. You ate this song up. Feel good dance pop from the new queen of house. Now, honey, Sherry Vine told me never check the reviews on a on a YouTube video because people are so bored and they're so mean. That she <laughs> says she, she put up a video once and the the comment was wrinkles. <laughs> that was the only word that they called wrinkles, and I'm like, oh well, I'm I'm glad I have another Is account. And you you didn't know that. that At was least mean. they're honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, you, you released this in September. Is did you self-release it? Is that what people are doing now? It goes straight to the. Um, yeah. No. No. Services? No. No record labels or anything like that. Um, unfortunately, although it would make it much easier. It's just becoming increasingly difficult to become a signed artist with a deal that's actually worth it because everyone just wants to make a quick buck off of artists these days. Right. Right. And do you do you find that that LGBT people support LGBT recording artists like they should? Because I have a sneaking suspicion that they don't. It's almost it's almost like they 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 wait to be told, you know, what what to to like, and you know. So so I don't know. What is your take on that? Well, Miss Bun Bun, I don't think you're wrong. Um, it's it's with the. What am I thinking? With the climate of the industry today, um, especially the drag industry and LGBT as a whole, it's so cornered by um, the voices of power that lie in the drag race realm mm -hmm. that if we don't get shout outs from them or have uh, those queens saying, look, go support these people, then it's almost like we're just kind of side characters, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I, I experienced that when I did DragCon for the first time this year. I knew how it was going to go, um, but we everything in the drag these days just seems built around um, those divas, which is yeah. really great for them. I just wish that uh, they, the fan base would branch out a little more and say, oh my gosh, look at these other amazing people trying to do amazing things and make careers. Um, and I think that maybe this is just me being crazy, but I think I actually have a really good chance if I could get the support at carrying music from a drag artist into the real mainstream industry. Um mm -hmm. If there was ever a drag vocalist, I think, that would really sing and stand up there in the charts with Adele and Sam Smith and the other people that are up there at the moment, I think I could do it. But the problem is, I just don't have that support, which I think really needs to start with the LGBT community. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, especially since when I look at what many in the gay community, and I'm talking, seem to support or it keep, keeps getting published, you know, because of clickbait, I would rather hear about someone in my community who perhaps, you know, is 
less known than I would to speculate about Harry Styles or Madonna's sexuality. You know, they can play with it. They can come out with it if they want to or if they are or if they... But I'm like, there's actual LGBT people, you know. They could use a boost, you know, from you instead of just regurgitating these press releases. Exactly. You know, from, from you know, because it's, it, it, it requires, you know, them to go out and do a little, you know, work, you know, that, that's a little... Do a little digging and say, hey, you know, and put the, connect the dots as opposed to just like what publicist took you out to the best lunch. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going, they're all, they're all going for low hanging fruit these days instead of actually looking for stories, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it is, it is something else. I mean, it's, it's like, there's a lot of, you know, I, I've even heard, uh, I believe it was, uh, Alaska, saying that if you know every drag race queen, you know, and you are, uh, you live in San Antonio, for example, or, or, or Chattanooga, Tennessee, and, 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 and you don't know any of your local superstars, you don't know any of your local performers, then you're not really a fan of drag. You're a fan of drag race. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, an example of that actually, and how the LGBT support kind of ends at drag race for a lot of us is, um, there are places in San Antonio that book the Drag Race girls every single week from every franchise. They have a new one from the international franchises, even from Thailand, from from España, from France, all of those franchises. That same place has never had me. Right, right. And 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 I was told that it wouldn't be worth their investment. Mm, wow. uh, so um like, you, you know i think i think uh, I, I don't think that venue i think i know the venue and i don't think they like me very much either because they ain't had me in over 25 years so uh oh. <laughs> are you aware of san antonio native jimmy james also a, oh a yes notable of course singer? We, we actually did a gig together a few years back oh okay that's cool mm. what is uh what is your dream gig Oh gosh! Apart from, apart from my time to shine, I mean, I mean, I mean sorry, so let my love shine. Apart from <laughs> let my love shine, which everyone should go and buy, not stream, uh, from Miss Ada Vox. What what's the dream gig for for Ada? One of the things that I've always seen as the pinnacle of um, a real singer's successor career is, uh, although however odd it may seem, is to sing a James Bond theme. Okay. Because, and, it's, because it's had so many great vocalists like Shirley Bassey and, uh-huh, and T- Tina Turner and Adele, Adele. Sam Smith mm-hmm. uh, in the current day. So it's just one of those things that I think would be stunning to, to debut the new James Bond theme song sung by me on the stage of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. That's something I've always dreamt of doing for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean that, that that I mean you have an impressive and dramatic voice that could pull that off. I was watching one of your clips and Lionel Richie said, "Let me just tell you something. A star is born. There's no denying your presence. There's no denying your voice. You are a statement." And uh, how Rubenstein wrote, Ada is a Latina drag queen with a rapture-shaking voice of stratospheric range who is far and away the most formidable talent the show has introduced since Jennifer Hudson, who I worship. <laughs> <laughs> so gay community, get out there and get 
Uh, Ada Vox's Let My Love Shine. Ada, are you having, tell us where we can find you on social media so we can check out your many uh, costumes. And oh, that's what I want to ask you. Drag talk. <laughs> Wigs. Now, you have, a, you have a few different wig styles that you like to wear. Often it's the bun, the, 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 the updo with your own hair. I guess that's your own hair, right? <laughs> yeah, my, my actual natural hair falls down to about my butt crack. Um, so I it haven't... smells like poop? <laughs> I won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but, but no, I... I I have a hard time with wigs, like actual full cap wigs, because I have a big old head. Um, and I my wigs for Queens of the for Queen of the Universe were done by um a stylist in West Hollywood named Billy Lamore. I love her. Mm-hmm. And um she <laughs> when I measured my head after she had started making them, I said, I have an issue with wigs. This is my head measurement. She says, Wow, you have a big ass head. Um so, you know, I have an issue with wigs not sitting right. I can't glue them because there's so much tension, just them trying to hug around my head. Um, so a lot of times I just do toss my hair up in a bun and throw on a topper or zhuzh up my own hair into some type of an updo um, just because it's easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, my, my big old head, I have to get custom pieces, custom sized caps and everything. Otherwise, they're just not sitting. Now, girl, I am not exactly a petite flower. <laughs> Really? And, and, and why do you think I wear those big wigs? Because I don't have a small head either, but I don't have any trouble with the cap now, girl. Come on now. You <laughs> if you're even, honey, if you're lazy, you can just say I'm lazy. You don't have to say the cap is too small. No, no a- I, I apparently my head is actually an entire two inches larger than the average wig cap. Okay. So it like makes everything too tight to glue down because the glue will just pop right off the right off the skin because there's so much tension. <laughs> well, I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, honey. I, I wish I had something to. <laughs> no, I mean I two <laughs> two inches larger than average usually isn't a bad thing, but in this case, no, <laughs> oh? <laughs> no honey. You know. Every, I, I'm so old, I never watched Glee. I didn't know who Leah Michelle was. You sang Defying Gravity with her on air. Now, uh, is she a bitch? I mean, just tell us. Oh, yeah. So, I actually, I, I know. We're going to cut this. the interview there. We're going to cut the interview. Oh, yeah. Is she a bitch? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Uh, so, I get this question oh, at least once a week, still to this day. Um, of people asking, is Leah Michelle the way that they say she is? And I can be honest and say, I didn't have a whole bunch of uh, interaction with her. We got to uh, rehearse uh, the morning before. And then the day of, we did two stage run-throughs and that was it. That's all the time we got together aside from two minutes backstage while we waited to go on together. Um, but from my so she didn't she didn't have time to shit in your wig. She might have. Uh, like I said, I don't know if my hair smells like shit on its own or not. Um, it was so, It's still there, girl. Check it. I don't trust her. So, yeah. So I, I, my experience with her was actually very pleasant. Um, she was very kind to me. She even had... Uh, I, I messaged her on Instagram afterwards 
and um, thanked her for the experience and for taking the time out of her schedule to come and sing with us, you know, because they can easily turn down those gigs. They can just say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually DM'd back and, you know, gave an actual response. It wasn't just a, okay, thanks, have a good day. Oh, well, <laughs> she nice. actually took time to respond. And my experience with her was actually uh, very pleasant. So I was glad with that. Oh, good. Okay, so we're we're countering the media narrative that Leah Michelle, who I don't even know who it is, uh, is a bitch. Um, honey, you know I worship Patty Labelle like no other, and you yes. got to sing Lady Marmalade with her. Girl, mm-hmm. tell me the tales. I need them. <laughs> well, uh, Patty and I got to spend uh, actually probably about an hour or two just backstage waiting to rehearse, just chit chatting, gossiping, and talking every single bit of whatever you could think of that Patti LaBelle would know about the divas of, of her time. Um, we had, we had a great time. We got along very, very well. Um, she was very, very sweet woman. She's exactly the diva that you see portrayed in interviews and on stage. She's exactly that girl. She's a good time girl. And, um, she has stories to tell. She has stories to tell and um, stories that I probably shouldn't share too much detail on. But, oh, uh, on, no. I mean, we'll cut them from the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we would never dare sell them to TMZ or anything. No, she, she's absolutely wonderful, an absolute dream. And on that same night, I got to also um, talk with Yolanda Adams with, with Patty backstage because Yolanda was also entertaining that night. So we had a good little kiki, the three of us back there. Yes, I've gotten to work with Patty, and I agree with everything you said. She's super nice and just as warm as you would imagine. So it's very little yes. difference between the stage persona. Now, I'm not saying the offstage persona isn't sitting over there rubbing her feet from time to time. Oh, yeah. From time to time, of course. But I am, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. Ada, you are a delight. Will you tell us how some of your upcoming gigs? I know you're coming to New York to Red Eye. In December, and I know you don't probably don't have a list of gigs right in front of you, but you do a lot of private events. But I did see they're coming to New York on your website, and yeah, you know, there's there's a couple events every month until we start heavily touring again for the summer. Um, but yeah, my website, adaboxofficial.com, will be able to give you a comprehensive list of all those upcoming events. And Los Angelinos can catch you at the Catalina Jazz Club, which we were raving about the sound over. Yes, one of my favorite places to perform, Catalina Jazz Club, coming up well, soon. <laughs> well, honey, I, I love I, I love getting to meet you, you know, in this way, if not in person. But, hey, we'll do that when the time's right. Soon, Bun Bun. We will meet soon. You're absolutely wonderful, and it's, it's a dream to talk to you. Well, thank you. And LGBT, <laughs> LGBT, LBLT, whatever it is today, go out there and support it. Thank you. Bye. Love shine.
Podcast Network.